Hey, welcome out to the Journey Together podcast with Josh and Anna Gresham. We are talking about a really important topic, something I believe that everyone has a very difficult time in managing, a difficult time in grasping just the um, the hardships that may come from it. So what are we talking about? We're talking about trying harder and Right underneath that, just that that phrase that says it all is when your best isn't good enough. I mean, it's tough. It is tough because we can go through life continually thinking, oh, what I'm doing right now doesn't measure up or God, I'm I do not feel adequate to accomplish what you've placed before me. Uh, There's no way that I can do that. I mean, the inner dialogue that comes with this is is truly a hindrance and a harm uh, to God's purpose for our life. And this is where today I'm, I'm hopeful that we're waking up to a revelation from the Word of God that... Um, that God's best is enough, that the greater one living on the inside of me is enough, that the very spirit of Christ, uh, his resurrection power, God's resurrection power in my life is enough, that his grace is sufficient, that his mercies are new. Uh, I mean, I can walk through this, but until it becomes a divine revelation— in your heart or in my heart, then uh, you're you're still going to battle that um, those destructive thoughts. Right. Yeah. You know, um, something that I I say often is, and what I'm trying to process is like closing that gap between what I had thought it was going to look like and then what actually took place. Man, so many times I've I've been disappointed, and I thought if I would have tried harder. If I would have done this, and I play that if game to the such, such a degree that I end up um, just really falling into a state of, of disappointment, and then I want to give up on everything else. That's something we all need to work on. We all need to realize, man, there is something beyond, there's something better than this. There's something better than getting into that rut of thought of, um, could have done better, should have done better, should have tried harder, or whatever it is. Okay, time out. You know, we're not perfect. Perfect. We're never going to be perfect. So how do we do this? Like, how do we overcome those disappointments? When... And, and it's a true battle. Yeah, it is. Uh, I went through a full year. Uh, it was a stronghold in my life. Uh, where I felt like a failure with everything that I did. It was an attack of Satan on my mind, uh, where I, I, everything that I was doing in life uh, constantly had that thought, that was not good enough. Anna, you're a failure at this. Like, why are you, why are you even doing this right now? You could have done more. You could have done that. Uh, and it drove you crazy. Because it affected uh, our intimate life. It affected, you know, we're pastors. It affected me at church. I'd come home and I'd immediately be like, well, 
that was terrible. <laughs> you know, you say the worst <laughs> things about yourself <laughs> right. when you feel this way. And I recognized that it was a battle, that it was a stronghold where the enemy had me behind a wall of lies and I'm just feeding into it. And I uh, was, I mean, you guys, this was a, this was a full year, but I was about three fourths into the year and, uh, and I'm battling According to the word of God, I'm talking to the Lord about it. I feel like that I was in the word and addressing it. You were talking to me about it. Uh, But I had a moment in prayer where the Holy Spirit just ministered to my heart. And he said, Anna, I love failures. And then he said, and you're not one of them. Right. What he showed me was, was that even if I was a failure at all of these things, he still loved me. But then he came in and encouraged me and was like, but you're not failing. Like, you're doing a good job. I remember having that rhema word from God, that moment from the Lord where it hit. It was a revelation in my heart, in my time in the presence of God, where I was seeking after an answer. And God's love just poured inside of me to say, I love you no matter what. Right. And I love you enough to tell you the truth that that's not who you are. Uh, you know, I think of the lost coin, the parable of the lost coin in Luke chapter 15, verses 8 through 10. And it says, Or what woman, if she has 10 silver coins, each one equal to a day, day's wages, and loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? And then when she has found it, she calls together her women, friends, and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me because I found the lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. That is, changes his inner self, his old way of thinking, regrets past sins, lives his life in a way that proves repentance and seeks God's purpose for his life. God is continually searching and drawing us near to his heart through the precious blood of Jesus. And no matter where you are at today or how you are feeling about yourself, God loves you yeah. and he is for you. And he has uh, called you to seek after him uh, because he's seeking after you. You are valuable to God. So valuable. You know, um, we we hear the spiritual side of things when we read the scriptures. You know, we see that. But really, they they completely relate to every aspect of our lives. So in Romans 12, 2, it says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. You know, often we 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 get stuck in these ditches where it's like, how am I going to get this done? I don't have enough time to get this done. And then you're living in this survival mode and you're like yeah. just trying to get out of it. And then on top of that, you're like, I've got so much on my plate, like so much to learn how to say the word no. I mean, we've heard this all the time. Learn the word no, learn how to say no. But I think what the scriptures are encouraging us to do is, is really the pure essence is Col- Colossians 3.23. And whatever you do, do it heartily. As to the Lord and not to the not to men. So <clears throat> maybe you need here, let me read in the NLT for you. Work willingly at whatever you do, as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people. 
So then ask yourself, hold on, why am I frustrated because this was for, this was for self-glory or was I doing it unto the Lord? Yeah. Like ask that, that question because that's going to change your perspective of whether you failed, whether you did enough. Because what you're doing is, is you're closing that gap now of what you were unsuccessful at doing and saying, God, you take the rest of it. And God takes care of it. And that's what's so beautiful about the scriptures and what we see that then we then you will learn, Romans 12, 2, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. He's going to, he's going to fill the gaps. He's going to take over and he's going to take charge. It's really knowing uh, God's word. And when you know his word, those thoughts, when they come up, uh, we know that Ephesians 6, Satan is constantly shooting fiery darts at us, right? And uh, that we are to put up our shield of faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the works of Christ, the word of God. And that that shield of faith quenches, it says it quenches every fiery dart from the wicked one. Right. So in order, as you commit what you're doing unto the Lord, when you get in and begin to know his word, then it changes your perspective. Uh, that dialogue then becomes his dialogue. His thoughts, his ways are higher, greater. Um, I mean, he's constantly thinking about us. I remember I was asked, we were at our pool, and I was asked to pray before lunch. Over, And everyone at this pool, like they don't go to our church. This is a pool of just people in our community, all right? A couple hundred people there. Mm-hmm. They asked me to pray over the lunch. Was it, I think it was Memorial Day? Yeah, probably. Probably so. Yeah. And uh, guys, I pray all the time, talking to the Lord for a while. You know, like I shouldn't be nervous about this. No. Uh, I put my cover up on because I didn't want to pray in my bathing suit in front of all these people. Went to the side and I was getting nervous, thinking, oh, oh my gosh, what feeling like, Right. what if my best isn't good enough? (laughs) You know? And then, Still small voice, praise God for the Holy Ghost. He goes, the Lord was like, Anna, you pray to me all the time. You're not praying to them. You're praying to me. That's right. And I immediately had this complete peace. And I was like, oh, that's right. I'm not trying to please them. I'm not talking to them. I'm talking to God. Game changer. Right. You know, so then, then I just prayed like I pray all the time because that that is what I think of when I think of committing this and everything I do for the glory of God. He comes in, and it's His grace, which is His action plan for my life. It's His mercy. It's His strength um, that sees me through when I when I don't feel that I'm capable of doing it, or I'm nervous, or I'm overwhelmed by it. Uh, okay, I want to talk about you mentioned. Maybe this is happening because you haven't said no, and you have so much on your plate that you're spread thin. Yeah, you're, you're, you're actually, you are your own worst enemy because you've had to say yes to these things, but you don't realize that even though those things may be good things, you, you may need to say no to those so that you can say yes to the best things. And man, do we overcomplicate our situations because we just keep saying yes to everything. Yes, yes, yes. I can do that. Yes. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I I can't. I mean, 
be honest with yourself, be honest with individuals and be like, I can't do that. I'm so sorry. Like, I want to do that, but I can't. Maybe you're not feeling like your best is good enough in your marriage or as a parent because you're saying yes to everyone else and not saying yes to your spouse mm. or spending time with your children. I mean, I think this is a good time for some wake-up calls. Not, I understand you've got to do your job, you've got work. Uh, okay, you all know what I'm talking about here, where you are planning all of these other things, yes. everything else going on, or your family is so spread thin that you feel like that you have no quality time. Your kids aren't getting trained properly. You're not having family dinners. You're not sitting down talking about the Word of God, having fun family nights, because everything is about everything else. Right. And you wake up one day and you're like, oh my gosh, I failed as a parent. Okay. Take a deep breath. Go to the Lord. Ask for His help. Regroup and cut some things out. Make a decision today. It is your choice on how you live at your household. And God has a strategic plan to help us to do what's best to feel successful in, uh, in our relationships. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's so often that um, it's oversight managing yourself. I mean, gosh, if we could manage ourselves, it would be so, we, it'd be like the coolest thing ever. But unfortunately, we're not managing ourselves until catastrophe strikes. Like until the worst things take place that you're like, oh, now I need to think about this. Now I need to worry about it. Crisis Christianity. That's mm. what I call it. Yeah. You're in crisis Expand, Christianity. Yes, keep going. Okay. So that... That means that the moment this crisis hits, you're all in a church. You're doing everything you can for the kingdom of God because you recognize, I do not want to go through this again. You, you've hit a point where you know that this is your only option. Is God there for you? Yes. But it's time to grow past crisis Christianity and recognize that God wants to give you liberal amounts of wisdom for each day. So that when you walk through your day, you can you can come to a place of fulfillment in your purpose through Christ Jesus. I can't tell you how many times the fear of failure or feeling like I wasn't good enough or not managing my day has caused me to just live distracted from fulfilling God's purpose for my life. Yeah. Then I will get in this pit of like, well... I guess that's it. I'm not going to do it. You know, like I'm, I just feel like there's no way out. I believe it's Corey Tinbone that she said, um, there's no pit so deep that God's love isn't deeper still. And isn't that the truth? Yeah. That his love goes deeper than any pity party, any pit that you found yourself in. And the Holy Spirit's cheering you on, mm -hmm. has a strategic plan yeah. for your life. And you're not a failure. You are not a failure. What you're doing, and maybe you've seen some results that aren't what you had expected or want. That's fine. But you, in order to move forward, you need to let go of the past. Maybe it's past sins, past hurts, past failures. Jesus is telling you to stop thinking of the shoulda, woulda, couldas. He's telling you this. Why? How do you say, Josh, he didn't say it in the Bible. He did. He said, forgive. Like, 
forgive yourself, forgive others, move past it, go past this, because the question you have to ask is, if you're not moving forward, maybe it's because you haven't let things go from the past, and those things are keeping you from moving forward. Philippians chapter uh, 3, 12 through 14. I mean, we all know this. This is wonderful. It says, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection. This is Paul. He's saying it. But I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. you got to do it. That press on is, is you are giving everything you've got. It's a clinging to what God has for you. It's a knowing uh, just that you are valuable to God, that God loves you. I often... I believe, I'm not even going to say often, I 100% believe that uh, so many people are walking around feeling like failures because they have yet to receive that God loves them and that they are valuable to God. If you are having a challenging time with that, this is where you need to get into the scripture and read, read the word about God's love. Look up scripture Get back in your concordance and begin to search out the love of God. And then as you do that, you are going to see a path in the word of God that God has for you. Yeah. That each step that he wants you to take is one in faith, but it's also a step in his mercy and grace. And that you'll be led by the Holy Spirit. Uh, and y'all, we, we need the Holy Ghost to lead and guide us into all truth, okay? Jesus knew we needed the Holy Ghost, and if he knew it, uh, it's time to receive help from the helper. Yeah. You know, we all are trying to fit into the norm, and we are in this battle with our, not only ourselves, but like with our coworkers, and and trying that, that, that corporate world thinking of, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do this. I want to tell you, when you read scriptures in the Old Testament, stories of the Old Testament, God did things like they never thought possible in such a different way. Everything that God instructs us in the Word of God is, is much higher thinking than our own thinking. So, like, stop trying to fit into the norm, because we know normal's not working today. It's not working. So it's time to allow God to move in a greater measure in your life where you're going to start seeing like a miraculous things take place where people go, hmm, how did you do that? I mean, I, I'm as a pastor for almost 20 years now preaching the word of God, and here I would preach a message about grace and mercy, and I would talk about grace, and I, you know, I, sure, in the moment I felt like I comprehended grace, but when our church had bought the warehouse the hosiery mill. So we bought, Trailhead Church had purchased an 82,000 square foot warehouse and we began to renovate it and go through a remodeling and all all of the demolition that needed to take place. It was crazy amount of work. And 
I would, I would just go at it. And I would hear people say things like, man, this is huge. This is really, I can't imagine. Gosh, man, wow. Ooh. Yeah, all the different You words. had negative things too. Oh, Why would you do negative. this? Yeah. They should demolish this Why? place. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's constant. It, constant. And this is not you a- You can't do this. No. And it, by no means am I ever going to pat myself on the back because that's not what this is about. Like it was, it's his glory. It was not until we finished- that there was a day that something else needed to be done, but it wasn't like a pressing matter. It wasn't something that really needed to be done. But it was like, hey, this this should be done. And you're like, all right. And I didn't have, it wasn't burnout. It wasn't exhaustion. It wasn't any of that. I just knew in that very moment, I remember the exact place I was at. I was on our freight elevator in the warehouse on the second floor coming out of the elevator, and I knew God's grace had left me. His grace for that particular assignment. Correct, for that assignment. Uh, it was as if I felt like Noah had just opened the ark right after the flood and walked out and thought, I'm not building another boat again. <laughs> like, that's it. And that's exactly how I felt. I was like, I'm done. This is it. And I knew God's grace in that moment of how wonderful, how powerful it was. And that now when people come, they'll be like, man, this is, I was on a call today with a bunch of pastors and someone spoke up and they were like, oh yeah, you need to see Josh's facility. That, that building is unbelievable. And I'm sitting there thinking, yeah, I mean, it's so awesome because God was in every aspect of it. I mean, we, before we ever bought it, we were walking around that facility praying for it. When we finally got it, well, actually, we were renting it out at first to, to store things in the bottom. And then during the process of trying to purchase it, we would go in there and just pray, constantly pray up and down. I'd walk up and down the steps, all through the, all the floors. I'd just pray, pray. It was freezing cold, burning hot. We'd pray. And we were just laying the foundation of saying, God, you're going to move because you said you would. You said it, and we're not going to do anything to to stop you from moving. So rather than trying harder, it's making a choice today to trust in God. Right. That's I it. think, you guys, this is, this is key. This is what this looks like. God, I am choosing to trust in you. When I don't feel good enough, when I don't know how it's going to be accomplished, when I feel like everyone's coming against me or... Uh, all of the voices that I'm hearing are negative. God, I choose to trust in you. And whenever we put our trust in him, then it makes a way for him to do the miraculous in our lives. Uh, So who is your enemy? Because you're always going to have naysayers. We will always have people that have something to say or people that will come up and Uh, make you feel less than. People like to say things to make people feel like trash. I've found that out, and it's really really hurtful. That person's not your enemy, as hard as that is. They are not your enemy. They're they're an instrument being used by the enemy to try to hinder you. In Revelation chapter 12, in verse 9, it says, So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil, and Satan, who deceives the whole world. 
He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Verse 10, then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And verse 11, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. Satan, the devil, is the accuser of the brethren. Who are the brethren? Believers. We are believers. And he is a dirty, filthy liar. There is no truth found in him. And we overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. When those accusations come up from him where he says, oh, you're not going to make it. You're a failure. Oh, you failed that one time, so you're going to fail again. Oh, you failed your first marriage, so this marriage is going to fail too. Oh, you know, like whatever it might be. You have to rise up as a child of God from your position of righteousness, right standing with God in Christ Jesus, and testify that Jesus is Lord, that you're loved by God, that you put your trust in God, that you get into his presence and know, God, you are for me. There's no condemnation found in you. Lord, I am going to walk by the Spirit of God. And as I walk by faith and uh, through your power, Lord, you are going to help me overcome, uh, because I am an overcomer in Christ, these thoughts of inadequacy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how many times have we all felt that? And it it just slows you down. Like it doesn't... It doesn't help. We know this. I know it's easier said than done right now. Right now, you're thinking, man, you guys are just, man, it's just full of this excitement and full of it. But the reality of it is, is I've got a lot of things stacked on me. But I'm telling you, we've read it before. We just said it earlier. You've got to cast all of that anxiety on him. I mean, I'll, I will re, let me say this over again. The scriptures is, the scriptures from God, the God's word is our foundation, and that in itself should prove to the to the fact that He loves you, He's for you, He wants to see you succeed. Psalm fifty five twenty two, give your burdens to the Lord, and He will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. So, reposition yourself right now. And you'll say, maybe, maybe I haven't I haven't put my focus on him. My mind has not been on him, and I've been on man. I've been doing it man's way. My focus is now going to shift. My focus is going to be on him, and I'm going to do it his way. And then you're going to start seeing the supernatural. You're going to start seeing his grace abundantly poured upon your life to do things that no one else can do, and you're going to see success. You're going to see it because where you fail as a human because Paul admits it, he says it, all the disciples say it, Peter, hello, I mean, look at him, and you're like, all of these great men and women of God, and yet what made them different was God's presence in their life. God, I'm going to trust in you. Right. And I, and I refuse to quit. Right. I've said that I've quitted things so many times, <laughs> okay? And then before I go to bed... I'm sitting there talking to the Lord about quitting, and he comes and encourages me and says, no, you're not. Actually, I've got some people here for you. Do you know a great story uh, in the Bible that I feel like encompasses this? Do you remember in 1 Kings chapter 18 and 19, 
Elijah and the prophets of Baal, and he sees this miraculous outpouring of God's power. The fire falls, consumes all of the wood, right? Mm -hmm. And then he gets an evil report that Jezebel wants to murder him. Okay? So God's doing great things, and then here comes opposition. Here comes accusation. Right. And what does Elijah do? He goes into the cave. Do you know how many cave moments I've had, Josh? Just a handful. You've had a handful? <laughs> no, you have, and I have. I may, maybe a couple handfuls for me. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times in my journal that I've written, Anna, get out of the cave. Oh, yeah. Get out of the cave. And that this ministers to me so much because God comes, he, he just comes right there. And what I, what I love about this is uh, just knowing that still small voice of God ministering to him, of just how much he loves him, and calling him out and then saying, hey, I've got people actually waiting for you. Go back the way you came. You're not alone. You're not alone. Right. You're not. Not even a little bit. And so, I mean, that's one of the greatest things. The scriptures continually promise you that God's with you. John 16, 33, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Seek after him. He's going to come in here supernaturally. He's going to show you what you need to do. If you have been labeled by something that maybe you've labeled yourself that, or maybe man has labeled you this, this is where you cast that care onto the Lord and you say, all right, this has been my identity for such a long time. I need to get rid of this identity. And that's why the Word of God tells us to renew our minds. We need to cast all of that care, all of that anxiety, and say, no, 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 that's not who I am. I'm going to pick up where God told me to pick up and be a transformed new person by changing the way I think. That that identity doesn't tell me who I am, but God tells me who I am. That changes everything. So for me personally... You know, I've been I've been hurt by man. I've been hurt by instances where I was in control and I could have done better and I failed somebody or I hurt someone. And if that's happened to you, my first uh I mean, my first instruction to you is to go to those people that you've hurt and say, "Hey, I'm sorry. Repent for that, whatever it is, and say, "I'm sorry." You know, um this is this is a a, a moment I'm going to learn from, and uh, but I'm sorry that you got hurt. I want to change this and go from there and begin to seek after the Lord and reconcile, do what you need to do. But from that point on, you are not that identity of whatever the label is, whatever the instance was, but you move past it and say, all right, God, new things, new day tomorrow. All things are made new. I'm, I'm doing it. Let's, let's go forward. And as you make those steps of uh, repentance, of following God, really it's being a doer of his word. You have made the choice that in the middle of all of this, you are going to be a doer of God's word. Uh, I love that. Uh, I love that when Elijah was in that cave, that God said to him, "What are you doing here, Elijah?" Right. You know, like I feel like that's where in this moment God's looking and saying, "Hey, what are you doing right here? I've got seven thousand people that are waiting. 
that are not bowing down to Baal, meaning that as you step out and go back to what God's instructing you to do, there is provision. Yeah. That God wants to bless you, that he wants to help you. Yeah. That he is for you. You have a purpose and you're valuable to God. Um and when you know him and you receive his love, you you know that. You know that man, that that is everything. Everything. It is you know, one of these moments of of being aware of what's happening because you're experiencing disappointment. It might be that you're in the wrong land. And that's really hard to receive. But you know, you're this is where this is the moment of Lot and Abraham that Abraham gives Lot the choice of where do you want to go? Where do you want to settle? And Lot chooses to settle in the completely wrong situation. And honestly, Lot had every opportunity to choose north, south, east, or west, whatever he wanted to choose. But I don't believe for one second that it mattered where he chose because it was without the blessing, without God's blessing. Because Abraham could have went anywhere, and Abraham went to a, a, the complete opposite of what Lot did, and Lot was going to a place where there was fertile ground, there was going to, you know, there's a city, there's all these types of things, and there, it looked better, but it wasn't what God was going to do. So a lot of times you've found disappointment where you've landed, where, you, where you're at, maybe a certain um, job that you have, and you shouldn't have taken that job. Everything was great the first, you know, day. In the first week, you're like, oh, this is wonderful. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you're like, I hate this place, and this is the worst. And so then the question is, is did God bless it? I mean, these are hard things to ask yourself. I mean, these are, these are gut-wrenching moments where you go, did I miss it? And did, is God with this? And my wife and I, we have a silly story, but I was building a table, a, te a desk one time. And we were building two of them, the exact same. And I was going to do my first epoxy pour. And I did all the YouTube, YouTube tutorials. I watched every expert I sought it all out, and then, goodness gracious, we started, and epoxy was going everywhere, and this stuff's expensive. It was a hot mess. And I was yelling at her, and she was yelling back at me, get over here, pick this up, oh my gosh, there's, this is happening, oh my goodness, and all, you, you know, it, what went wrong, what went wrong? We're and, dripping in sweat. Oh, yes. It's like it, 90 degrees. We were completely doing it in the wrong oh. environment, it was awful. And what happened next was, is the game changer. And we were feeling like a failure. Like oh, yes. We, we were in over our heads. I can't believe this. There was money invested into it. I'm, I'm just, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I put all this time in building the desk and then to start pouring and it not work. And so then Anna goes, did you pray? And I was like, what do you mean, did you pray? She goes, did you pray before we did this? Did you present this before the Lord? And I was like, no. And she goes, you didn't even pray? I was not trying to Jesus juke you. Don't, don't <laughs> no, even. No, 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 you're not. No, I know. I, know. I, I truly was, okay, God, we need your help. Yeah, it was brutal. And then what happened was we were done. She's like, oh, I'm done. I'm done. 
because this, this is a mess. I was able to salvage the desk. It worked. I mean, it was fine. But then the next desk I had to pour. I waited a few days. I rested. And we prayed. And we went out there. And you can considerably see a difference between desk one and desk two of God's hand and grace and mercy on the one and not so much on the other. And it's all because you've got to start with prayer. You've got to start with him. When you seek after him and all that you do, everything else just comes together. So try harder isn't the right approach. No. It's give it to him. We're trusting in God. You must decrease. He must increase. John 3, 30. That's it. That's it. So make it happen today. Choose to give it to God. Choose to seek after his face in what you're doing today. Present yourself as a holy living sacrifice to him and see what he can do with it because you are going to be amazed. And God's going to use you right in the middle of um, just who you are. Right. You're valuable to him. Right. Hey, thanks for joining us this week. We hope this blesses you, and uh, we'll we'll see you guys soon. Yeah, see you next week. All right, bye.